Good morning, Wisconsin. It's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Come give us your thoughts on the old National Bank talk and text line at 855-616-1620. Old National Bank. Get old. Now here's your hosts, Sandy Max and Steve Scafidi. That pretty much spells it out, Sandy Max. And, by the way, i got to turn my volume. This Matrano must be deaf. This thing is cranked up, like, to 11. Well, I was listening before I came in. Yeah. And i got to tell you, there needs to be some parental supervision during that hour. <laughs> when that's yeah. going on over here. They were a little unruly. The the, the frat boys, the uh, the young anchor boy and newsboy were a little bit crazy in the 8 o'clock hour. But we're, we're going to get to more, a more normal... Tone of voice. And that voice you heard there, by the way, I didn't in- introduce you properly. Annie Schwartz, law enforcement communications expert, regular Wednesday guest, along with Sandy and I. Well, Sandy has that more of that like one nine hundred fabulous voice. I just have oh that, you know, one nine hundred. Well, she's playing croquet today. I don't know if she told you. Well, I heard that. <laughs> Sophisticated and I... lady. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. guess so. Yes. Supporting the community. Do you have the correct uh, clothing for the croquet? Uh, she does. I have a I mean, look at this Children's Center shirt, and uh, it even has, for the uh, video stream, it even has the croquet logo. Oh, yes. look at that. And oh, did yeah. you see the shoes? Did you, did you check out the shoes? Yeah. And the sparkly oh, shoes. all right. You know what? I was going to mock because there's, oh. there's a black blazer and a black pants going on, and I was going to say... Are you playing as the Widow Max today? But I, you know. I am completely opposite. I have been told by croquet purists that I should be wearing all white. Oh, and I said yeah. I do not own white pants. So that would be a man who came up with that rule. <laughs> only only Jimmy is, Fallon wears white pants. But it is. But I it's going to be fun. It's a speed croquet with Vince Vitrato, and uh, you can contribute to support. Yeah, Estherbrook Park. Yeah, Estherbrook Beer Garden this afternoon. Go for the beer, stay for the croquet. I'm so sorry no one can see the daggers you both just shot at me for. <laughs> you can contribute. <laughs> oh, no, no. But it's, well, Penfield Children's Center, it's, it's, no, it's, n- it's more cause. about the, exactly the fundraising, putting the fun in fundraising. But if you do want to contribute, you're welcome to uh, text in. We can send you the link. Text the word match to the old National Bank. Talk and text line 855-616-1620. So thanks for... Uh, Bringing up the croquet match. Yeah, and all laughs aside, hmm. amazing organization. Oh, oh, like man. the best. The family support that they provide. I know yeah. it's about the children, but when, when you have a little one who's going through those d- d- those challenges of developmental disabilities and, and helping them thrive, they support the whole family mm-hmm. at Penfield. Great stuff. And they, uh, they also are just vigorous supporters of this community and, and participants in this community. Uh, they get... It's the one organization I see that gets just everybody comes together to 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 help them. You know, sometimes you'll see a, a charity where it's kind of like one segment or another seg. They, I mean, everybody, because I think everybody can either know someone or everybody can identify. But no, they're a amazing organization. Here's a segue for you. Well, the Milwaukee Common Council came together yesterday when it uh. three votes to move forward the two percent sales tax. Now, the reason that I want to bring this up right out of the gate is because I think this seriously will present some concerns, positives, negatives for the police department. And we're going to talk about policing this hour in, in a lot of different terms, online policing, how that story is going to go. And um, that may be coming. It's already here to a, a degree. So just give me your, your takeaways. This vote, 12-3, impact on policing as a law enforcement com- communications expert. Not a surprise to see the, the vote go that way. Mayor got the votes. 
the mayor got the votes, but I would also say that the posturing you saw ahead of time was, I think, giving a lot of those aldermen cover or older persons, uh, giving them cover with their constituencies to say, not sure if I'm going to vote for this because there are a number of, you know, constituencies out there that are saying, no, we don't want, to, you know, more taxes. We And people don't want their taxes, it seems, to go to the police or to go to emergency services. So I see, you know, I see Chief Lipsky from the fire department out there talking about, hey, this is here's how many firehouses that equates to. Here's how many firehouses we're going to have to close down. And this is not just these aren't just, you know, it's not just reactionary. It's real, because if you look at the, the budgeting that has been done in, in, in public safety, and I'm talking about fire and police, you know, it, it, you're leaving you're leaving these departments with next to nothing. You cannot keep cutting the budget and saying we got nothing. Now, part of what I think is going to be is going to be interesting is the fact that, yes, it, it's kind of a victory yesterday. Right. They voted. They said, mm-hmm. yes, we'll do the do the sales tax. But now cue the lawyers. Because what's going to happen is now the lawyers are going to come in and say, we're going to sue over the fact that you are trying to, uh, you know, cut the legs out of the Fire and Police Commission. I'm not someone who thinks that's a terrible idea, by the way, because I said, let's let chiefs make chief decisions. One of the reasons they call Milwaukee's Fire and Police Commission the most powerful one in the country, the oldest one in the country, is because we let that group of citizens who are appointed by the mayor do everything. And it really... It, it's not really a a citizen board. It's not what it used to be, and I think I'm a I'm a strong mayor leads when it when it comes to policies with the assistance of the chiefs. And we've gotten away from that. We have a very powerful. We had a very powerful Milwaukee Common Council who basically, as you said, cut the legs out of the last chief, who we know very well, Absolutely. Al Morales, mm-hmm. now in Fitchburg. And I think that was not a good situation. And if we're talking about real life, real time now, this has been a war on police for the last few years. And I think this effort to fund properly, the other requirement we're not talking about is the SROs we talked about a little Mm -hmm. bit last Mm -hmm. week. That's also painful for the community. So there's going to be some real tension here. The 12-3 vote is just the beginning of this story. And, you know, Steve and and Sandy, the thing that, that galls me is watching the news and hearing Parents of kids in schools say, uh, we don't want police in our schools. They don't belong in our schools. And I thought, well, all right, then how do you feel about the the crime that's happening in your neighborhood? How do you feel? Is, is it okay with you that, that we don't we don't gather intel from the schools and we don't have officers in the schools? Is it okay for you that we don't essentially have a, a quick reaction force if something does happen? Is that okay by you? So it's a it, it definitely is a... Um, it, it, it seems like it's a quandary for some people, and I just don't know why it should be. I know Sandy wants to jump here. Let's take a break. Let's kind of reset, because yesterday we just got crazy with the breaks on on the debut of WTMJ Now. Sandy Max, Steve, Andy Schwartz in studio. If you have a question, specifically a comment about this vote and what it means for policing, law enforcement, public safety, 855-616-1620. The old National Bank talking text line. Lots more to get to. We'll do it after this on WTMJ. One of the few that has walk-up music on this show, so good, good on you, and good on producer Charlie, who is in the producer's seat there. So we're talking about the big vote yesterday, twelve-three Milwaukee Common Council. Great work by Mayor Cavalier Johnson to get the votes. Now the heavy lifting begins. We also understand there's an element of the council who wants to sue over some of the 
requirements mm-hmm. to get this 2%? More than an element. I mean, there are a number of those uh, of, of the council members who say, we want the Fire and Police Commission to have all of that power. We want them to be able to say to a police chief, you cannot use gas when you go to a, a large scale protest. Uh, we want to change your policy on this. And, and in, in most fire and police commissions around the country, they let the chief make those kinds of operational command decisions. So I don't think it's a bad thing, but I don't think the public gets that. Is there an opportunity for the mayor to shape the fire and police commission in a way that is more palatable to all parties involved in the short term or in the long term? You know, Sandy, there always is. There's always an opportunity for the mayor to shape that fire and police commission. However, uh, they take uh, they take people from the community. They take community members. Sometimes these are, uh, hey, thank you for playing our game, and we'd love to have you on the fire and police commission. Mm-hmm. It's not a free. It's not a free. It's not a volunteer thing. They get paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a stipend. It's not much. But uh, I think that the idea that they make operational policy for the police department and the fire department, for that matter, you know, why don't we let Aaron Lipsky and Jeff Norman, who, by the way, have been police officers and firefighters for more than, you know, for more than a month. Uh, let's let them use their training and experience to make those decisions. You know, it used to be when I first started covering the the Milwaukee Police Department when I was a, a, a young, adorable reporter. Uh, I remember that they always had someone on who knew the police department, had some kind of experience with the police department or the fire department. And they have someone on there now. They have, you know, they put somebody on who's got experience with the police department. But again, you're talking about, you know, you want someone who's really had some kind of operational or command experience. But if you're talking about policy, they have an understanding that a citizen... Nothing against citizens. No, they're great people. They 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 want to be involved in their community. I love that that initiative and accountability. Yes, and That's there's the there's, key to me. The accountability and the over overview. Yeah, there's a place for that, but I think you have to be careful when you're talking about specific policies. You kind of learn things when you're when involved in public safety all these years, and and we we hire chiefs at great expense to our communities. Right? Mm-hmm. They're not they're not underpaid, and no. we have we uh, have, last time I checked, we spent a lot of money on public safety. And we will spend more with this 2% sales tax. Not a ton more, but more. So I think this stuff is important. And if we're going to understand what the impact of policy is on what actually happens in the community, this discussion is important. There it is. It's the law. Often we have in the Fire and Police Commission that law of unintended consequences where they say, this is a great thing. We're not going to chase people anymore. You both remember this, right? When, mm-hmm. when Ed Flynn came out and said, we're going to have a no-pursuit policy, innocent, you know, people who are bystanders are, are you know, bystanders are getting, you know, are, are getting killed. Do you know what we found out, and we, we also found that out after the death of a Milwaukee police officer, is the bad guys know that you have a no-pursuit policy. And then you find officers who don't want to pursue because I don't want to have to stand in front of internal affairs for the next, you know, nine months of my tenure at the police department. So there's a law of unintended consequences that I think that civilian board on this particular issue is not it just is. I just don't think it's the right fit. But as Sandy said, accountability, you know, people. Right. I mean, you want to know that somebody's watching the store. Right. Well, and that connection from community to first responders to know to, to ideally help continue to build that bond because 
all of this silo operating is not helping and and between communication and then de-escalation becoming just one of the biggest words in law enforcement these days to try to if if you can't prevent how can you at least de-escalate as a method of prevention well and you know to your question before remember that the aldermen all of the older people have to approve the mayor's selection for the fire and police commission so that how can it not become a battle of politics how can it not become a commission full of for lack of a better term activists and we've got that now. Yeah. And and post-George Floyd, none of that's easy, right? Because there were serious issues with that killing of a, of, of a citizen in Minneapolis. So that needed to be addressed. I would argue that law enforcement, public safety has taken a lot of steps to make sure that that's being addressed. And also remember that people seem to have forgotten this. The individuals in that situation in Minneapolis are either serving jail time or will be. So there, it wasn't like there was no ramifications. It may not have been as quick as some people like. Uh, I want to take a break here. we got lots of things to talk about. I, I, two things I want from you, Annie, is one, you're connect, hyper-connected to the law enforcement public safety community. Their reaction to the vote yesterday, if you've heard. And two, the impact on not just policy, but how its policy is implemented, specifically online policing, because this is a big part of the future for public safety. How things are reacted to. Who shows up or, in some cases, doesn't show up? Steve, Sandy Max, Annie Schwartz, you're listening, of course, to WTMJ Now. Steve and Sandy Max and Annie Schwartz, and she's here most Wednesdays. Unless you're traveling around the world, you got to get your mic. There you most- go. Wednesdays. I mean, see, I, I'm so used to having, you know, having that done for me. But, you know, I got to be a little independent. Here. So we got another break coming up, but I want to yeah. ask you about, and we, you shared a story about online policing. Mm-hmm. So the idea here is basically, we already know law enforcement, public safety folks are really seriously challenged with response, right? There, there's less of them. Uh, many communities cut back after the George Floyd protest and all of that, riots in some cases. And departments like Dallas are saying, okay, there are things that you're going to request our assistance, our response online versus a live call mm-hmm. to either 911 or, or non-emergency. Right. This is something that's already happening around the country. Do we know what's currently happening with that format of policing here? Absolutely. We we have a, a system here where we are uh we allow people to do some kind of reporting online, but here are the kinds of calls that we're, you know, that we're that we're looking at that, that we encourage people to report online, but I want to give you an example of why that's a bad idea. Uh, because it's no fun if I can't be contrary Mary over here. Um, you know, loud music, street-level drug dealing, thefts under a certain amount, private property accidents, um, you know, uh, or excuse me, uh, uh, personal, uh, non-personal injury accidents, um, child custody arguments, uh, which is, by the way, how Jacob Blake, you know, started out. That was a child Custody argument. Yeah, often those escalate pretty quickly. Absolutely. So here's a here's a good scenario. You know, once upon a time in a different administration, I remember uh, I remember the, a chief saying that he he thought that seventy five percent of nine one one calls for service resulted in something being a what we call a you know advised or you know or no report filed. So he would say this is why we shouldn't spend police resources on some of those crimes that are being reported. Well, here's what happens. So when police are called to the loud music, to the neighbor dispute, the officers arrive, right? They settle everybody down. 
uh, often it's a it's a pair of officers. It's usually like two who will stick around. Uh, they'll stick around maybe like an hour just talking to people in the neighborhood. All right. This is what we're talking about. Community policing. You're hearing that every single day. Out of, uh, you know, that's what Chief Norman is saying every single day. This is that. Um, they stick around. They talk to the neighborhood. And what they're doing is they're cooling the situation down and monitoring. And I would say that those two officers probably just prevented a homicide. Uh, you know, but uh, so community policing takes these different forms. Uh, and I think that uh, that one of the issues is, is we don't have enough. Uh, how do I say it? You know, we, we have police officers work in the streets who maybe don't want to become administrators at the department. And I, I don't know why that is. I don't, I, well, I do know why that is, but I, you know, I think it's just, you know, leave me alone. Let me do my 25 years and get out. And that's the end of it. And that makes me sad because I want to see, I'd like to see more. Uh, you know, we have, a, I, I just would like to see an administration with people that have a significant policing experience. And we have some, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying that w- when we don't backfill, when we have retirements all over the place, and those those spaces are not being filled. You can't get mad when you have, you know, when you have people in administrative positions in in, you know, those kind of commands that have not been around that long. Let me go back to that question that I asked before the break. Mm-hmm. Do you think the public safety community in Milwaukee is happy that this vote happened the way it did 12-3 in favor of the 2%? They're absolutely happy about that. Okay, good. And and I and I talked to an awful lot of people in the public safety community that say, "Yes, that's exactly what we needed." I mean, you saw what was happening in the run up to the vote. You saw interviews with the fire chief. You saw the police chief out there talking about, here's what's going to happen. They're not just, you know, trying to scare you. This is not just, you know, we want everybody to be very afraid because the one thing that everybody can identify with is when the fire department comes out and says, we're going to have to close down firehouses. Because a lot of people say crime isn't a problem where I am, so I don't need to worry about that. But everybody understands, you know. They understand the fire department. Mm-hmm. So it makes it harder, I think, sometimes for law enforcement to, to, to be heard. But I think they, I think they were heard on the sales tax, but it's by no means is it over. And that's really the, 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 the kind of the feeling in the public safety community here is let's wait and see what happens with the lawsuits. Let's see where those go. And I, and I don't want to be a naysayer. I don't want to sound like that. I think we got to see where we're going now. And, and this is going to be almost more important than the vote itself is what kinds of things does the council want to see ripped out of that are challenged legally uh, from the from the budget? Who pays for the lawsuits for the litigation? Well, that'd be that'd be you, Sandy. Yeah, the that'd city, be me. City of Milwaukee, yeah. yeah, the city of Milwaukee. That, and that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is will incur more costs. Of course. I mean, you know, the city attorney's the office. Interesting point that you made there is that you could literally cancel the impact of the 2% <laughs> increase with the cost of lawsuits and litigation. Mm. Not necessarily a great strategy, and you've kind of defeated the purpose. And that, we haven't exactly... That a lot of people worked on for a long time. I'm sorry, I did that interrupting thing. You'd think I'd know better. No worries. Um, I realized it when you threw that cup at my head. Um, <laughs> you know, it, yeah, I mean, we, we, we got to look at, at, at what, again, what the consequences are at the end of all of these, uh, at the end of all of these actions, and you're asking the city attorney's office to be the attorney. I think we've had conversations here right. on this program before about 
the city attorney's office. She's Annie Schwartz. Sandy Max, I'm Steve. WTMJ now will take a break. Last one to get to some other topics of interest with Annie Schwartz. Always great to have her in studio with us Wednesdays, 9 o'clock hour. Don't forget, coming up at 10 o'clock hour, Melanie Ricks joins us from the Truth 1017. Wednesdays with Mel, that's at 10.08-ish. That's all coming up right here on WTMJ now. Stephen Sandy on this, what is it, Wednesday hump day. How about that? I'm not the only one that says that anymore. Yes. yes. Well, we're going to add it to the list of things you can't say anywhere ever. No, why would that be? Well, you know, hmm. there's a naughty connotation there, I suppose. Well, I don't think that way. Oh, hi. Well, yeah. Camels, all camels, all the time. All right, so the other, <laughs> other thing that we're going to talk about today <laughs> is, you know, talking about community policing, is neighborhood initiatives. Which I like that... We were discussing about accountability and community, and that was one thing when you were talking about online reporting. And then if the only time people see police, which was what made me think of you, was like, hey, if police aren't immediately responding to a disturbance call and being seen in neighborhoods more often when they are not just in a very crisis mode, I was thinking, would that build more, like you said, knowledge of the neighborhood? Other people see neighbors responding, and and does that help? But there are more ways to build community like that. And you drew to mine and Steve's attention something called the City of Milwaukee Alert Neighbor Program. Mm -hmm. And this is something that's being tried out, rolled out? It is indeed. We're going to see what, you know, this is, so everything old is new again. This really is kind of a riff on the old broken windows. All right. So there's something in policing that has been there forever that's called SEPTED. It's a, it's an acronym for community, um, policing through environmental design. What that means is more lights in an area mean there will be less crime. If you fix the broken or vacant thing, little things matter. Little things matter. And that is what it is. But I, I'm encouraged because this is a partnership. Uh, between block clubs, which you never hear about anymore. Not like you used to. I would love to see as a communications, you know, person, I got to say to my, my friends in the, in the local media, I'd like to see some, let's see some publicity on the block clubs because that lets people know that they're out there, that they exist and that they are a force. Uh, the police department, the city, some local nonprofits. And what they're going to do is they, they're going to evaluate, uh, persisting neighborhood issues, right? And they're going to develop, uh, some what are some ways that we can reduce these problems? So this uh, this would be something like uh, you remember. I, boy, this is going back a ways. But when Bob Donovan was uh, was an alderman here, he talked about a neighborhood on the south side where he wanted he wanted to fund everybody getting lights on the garages that are in the alleys, which then therefore would light up the alley and make it more of a det- more of a deterrent to crime. So I'm you know I'm a fan. We we have to go. Sometimes we do have to go back to things that that started to work. Uh, you know, this is this isn't new, but to to bring in the nonprofits, I think, is a great idea because everybody wants to do something about crime. I don't think that they're I mean, I'm you know, people want that. They want to say this is what I'm doing because people People want to help. I mean, when I, whenever you have a, I always, you know, do the training for officers and I always say, you know, first is, is, you know, what do you know that's going on? And the second is, what are you doing? And the third thing is, what can we do? People want to know, what can I do? Cause who wants to sit there and feel powerless, right? Somebody asked in an email, you know, I talked about George Floyd earlier and, and much of the reaction to George Floyd was, 
I think positive. People said we have to have a better relationship. But then there's all the policing impact that, frankly, a lot of cities are now backtracking on because it made their communities less safe. But if you look at those stories, those ways of approaching the community piece of this, would you say that how many years is it post George Floyd? Three years? Four years? Uh, George Floyd was... uh, I should know this. 2020. 2020, I believe, yeah. So three years. May 25th, 2020. Is policing better in America or not? Because I'm not sure I have the answer to that question. I think the awareness of policing is certainly higher. And the idea that more people want to weigh in how we should do it. uh, Because they watched George Floyd and initially... That was not described by in communications from, you know, from the Minneapolis Police Department as well. You know, we have a subject who died in custody. I mean, and when we finally saw that video. It was, it was a nightmare. Uh, and that, that's in many ways, that's what prompted the incredible response from men and women, yeah. kids, individuals across this country. We talk about different eras in policing. We talk about post 9-11 policing, uh, which was more cooperation among uh, different agencies of government, FBI, CIA, uh, the police departments, the fire department, bringing everybody together to share information because I think pretty much everybody in policing agrees that, that 9-11 was a failure of, of uh, to share information. Right. It was a failure of information sharing, among many other things. Please don't send me awful, ugly messages. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, when, when I think about the idea of, um, you know, post-George Floyd policing, I, I feel like it has been an effort to try – we've gone, we've gone around the bend, as my mom used to say. We've gone around the bend. We, it, it was an opportunity to have a conversation about policing, and it went, all, it went to defund the police, didn't it? Yeah, well, let me clarify. So people said, why, why would you say some of the things were good? Because people were involved in that issue of community policing. Yes. I'm not a fan of riots, trust yeah. me, and I've said that over and over again. I don't need protests. I don't need people burning things down or, or shooting other people. That's not helpful in the context of making communities safer. But the conversation about how police do their work, yeah, that's important. Mm-hmm. And that should always be ongoing. And smart police chiefs, smart community uh, police activists, if you want to call them that, whatever you, term you use, they also understand they need to be there. Because you give me a person who's, who's suffering, impacted by crime in their neighborhood, who are they going to call other than police? There's nobody else. No protester is going to show up and save their you-know-whats. Mm-hmm. It's police. So you have to figure that stuff out. But to Sandy's earlier point, yeah, we want to see them walking around the neighborhoods. I mean, I'm going to go back to that. When we were talking about, uh, when we were talking about uh, you know, uh, officers sticking around after maybe a, a more, uh, what seems like more of a, a mundane call, uh, promise me we'll never use the phrase routine call for service, by the way, or routine traffic stop. Every there is no such thing. No such thing. Because everything can turn into a nightmare. Everything can be deadly. Every single call. But when we have police in our neighborhoods, that makes a difference. I just, I, I don't even know how to, to say it any more ways. But what I do know is that when people see law enforcement in their neighborhoods, they feel safer. Uh, and they also encourages interaction between the the police and 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 those and those neighbors and that's what we're not having because our officers because of the of the numbers just math means that we've got officers going from call to call to call to call um there's a you know there's a shooting on you know Cinco de Mayo and there were officers at that incident who were calling for more help they were on the radio they were saying we need help we are overrun and there was no one to send so that should 
that should make people nervous. They should think about what defund the police or have more control over the police really means. That's Andy Schwartz. We'll get to a lot more of your questions. I got a bunch, uh, including a comment about an SRO that I want to get to. Elizabeth dropped off the line, but she had a question about, is it a war on police if you don't like or don't support SROs? We'll, we'll address that. Stephen Sandy on WTMJ Now. Sandy Max, Steve Scafidi, Annie Schwartz on this Wednesday. I love it, the fact that we have public safety folks listening from all over the state. That's cool. You know, you're wondering why I'm looking at you're Your wondering phone? why I'm looking at my phone the whole focus, time. Focus, Annie, focus. I'm but not on Zappos. Focusing. Although, after I saw Sandy's shoes this morning, I'm thinking maybe I should get on the Zappos. Mm. Um, I like to say it that way. The Facebook, the Zappos, you know, so I sound like, you know, somebody's mother. Like your hip? Um, I got... <laughs> A part of the body I never referred to until like in the last <laughs> right. year, all of a sudden, right. it's like you could fall and break up. Um, I did get I, I do hear from a lot of our, our friends in law enforcement who text me during the show and they'll say, hey, don't forget to bring this up. Don't forget to bring this up. And uh, I did get a little correction here. Uh, SEPTED is actually crime prevention through environmental design. It mean I don't know what I said. I said. Lord Did you add knows. a word? I think you added a word. I might have. Yes. I might have. I was maybe maybe I was helping. It's communicator in That's me. That's why we have acronyms, so we don't have to add words. It's the communicator in me. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So I want to make sure we made that correction. All right. So uh, Elizabeth, who couldn't stay on the line, she called earlier. Um, she's making the case that being against SROs is not necessarily a war on police. Your thoughts? Well, I you know so. That's a little bit of a drastic characterization of officers in schools. A war, not wanting them there is a war on police. Well, but SRO stands for school resource officers. Okay, so school resource, not like response officer. No, you know? so school resource officer. Right. This isn't like a QRF. This isn't like a quick reaction force. You know, in the military where they're just waiting. You know, to come in guns ablazing. This is not what that is. This is an effort to gather intelligence from a community of people where we are seeing more and more juveniles, both as the perpetrators and the victims of violent crime in the city of Milwaukee. Gee, I wonder where we can, I wonder where we can go so that we can, you know, have more interaction, more police interaction with juveniles. Change the conversation, meet each other, maybe talk through some things that maybe de-escalate future violent situations. Oh, I wonder where that would mm-hmm. go to. How about this? How about <laughs> the next time that you see a police officer in uniform, and you're there with your kids, how about if you don't say this to little Johnny? Behave, or we're going to have that police officer take you to jail. You think that that's a little thing, right? That's not a little thing. What was the wording? I I remember you and I talking about this, and and you you had said something about change the... It wasn't change the narrative, it was change the... Oh, no, because I I hate that phrase, change the narrative. But uh, but I think we all want to... It's... It can be a habit that you just mm-hmm. don't realize. Like you said, like you think yeah. you think it's a joke, but instead of you just saying, "Hey, wave," you might you might need just him. Be sometime. nice to him, right? Yeah, just say hello because you know what the officers love. And when I say love, I know this because I spent ten years of my life with these with these men and women. And I'll tell you that when somebody comes up to you and says thank you, when somebody comes up and says this is Billy, um, you know he's a you know he's a um, he's doing this or whatever. And did you want to ask the police officers anything? I mean, look, they officers have kids. People we recruit from the human race, so it would be good to have conversations with law enforcement. It starts there. It doesn't even have to be a big thing. It doesn't have to be like I got to create a block watch for all of my you know all of my uh, for my whole street in Mequon. Although that's a great start. 
It starts when you come to the city of Milwaukee or you're anywhere and you run into a police officer that you don't reinforce that negative stereotype with your kids. That when you see a uniform, something bad's going to happen. Here's a thought before the break. I'm going to take one final break. Then we're going to talk a little bit of some of the big Harley news this weekend because I heard your boyfriend is heavily involved in that. <laughs> heavily. And, and, and by attachment, I am. So I love the fact that you just talked about the interaction between community and police. Real, real life stuff. When you're just saying hi, you're, you know, if they're in a restaurant, buy them a cup of coffee or, you know, at least offer. They don't necessarily have to take it. Don't do the cliched thing and offer a donut because that's we all mean. like a thank you at our jobs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all like being smiled and nodded at even in any interaction to be validated and to be treated like a human and vice versa. I have to think that policing is a difficult job. And when the people that you are really trying to protect and serve seem to appreciate it, mm-hmm. can lighten your mood and make you feel like. The tough job you just walked, the the tough call that you just walked away from was worth it. And the tough job, tough call you next walk into is like, okay, this is why I'm doing it. And words matter. Words matter. Words like, you know, when they were trying to get the SROs out of the schools, one of the things that one of the words that was used was, oh, they're intimidating our children. Well, you're reinforcing that every time that you show a child, a police officer and say, oh, here's the deal. This is the bottom line before we go to break. because We're going to switch gears to Harley. If you are concerned about police, public safety, law enforcement's relationship with the community they serve, you should be equally as concerned about the actions, the conduct, the words, words matter, of individuals in the community and how they interact with police and public safety. Those Both, both of those things are really important. And the sooner we fix those misses, those tension points, the better policing will be, the safer our communities will be, and, and more probably more importantly, more efficiently, so we're not wasting money on lawsuits and endless arguments about silly things like the importance of SROs. They're important. That's why we created the program. They're really important to fix some of these problems. Quick break. WTMJ now. Stephen Sandy, joined by Andy Schwartz, law enforcement communications expert in the Annex Wealth Management Studios. So we only got a couple of minutes, but I want to I want to hit a couple of these. You were at uh, Cops Camp last night. Oh yeah, Concerns of Police Survivors is what Cops stands for. It is an amazing, amazing uh, group of uh, you know group of, of of people that that put this together and that go. So these are our survivors of uh, a line of duty death in law enforcement. They come from all over the country here to Wisconsin. Uh, and this year, sad statistic, 300 uh, kids at camp, uh, which means that we are looking at a record number of kids who are dealing with a line of duty death in their family, mother, father, uh, sister, brother. Uh, but camp is a way for them to all get together, talk to each other, meet other people who have been through it. Um, and then last night was law enforcement night, mm-hmm. favorite night at Caps Kids Camp, uh, because all the law enforcement from all over the area come. They bring all the equipment. These aren't kids who are frightened by that. These are kids who love the police and they get a chance to interact with the officers and feel a little bit better. And and the, like you said, other people who've walked that walk, what a great way to support and bringing people to Wisconsin and another huge event, bringing people to Wisconsin, you know, a little something about the Harley Davidson homecoming. How are you involved this weekend? What a magical little transition yes. that was. We Sandy all Max, that one, everybody. We? <laughs> um, well, you know what? It, it, so the um, Harleys are coming. The Harleys are coming. We have the Harley Davidson homecoming this weekend. I think you're going to get some handsome fellow from the Harsa Harley Davidson to come on and Name talk to Mark. you. Named Mark. Named Mark McLean, mm-hmm. who, uh, 
who is, uh, as most people say, uh, my better half. Um, and it's okay that they say that because mm. he really is kind and good and all those things that, you know, I'm not. Uh, but, uh, they are, they're going to have a, a terrific, uh, a terrific week out there. A lot of people are saying, Hey, I don't know that I want to go downtown. I don't know that I'm, where am I going to park? But what can happen is you can go to one of the neighbor de- neighborhood dealerships and House of Harley is over there on 62nd and Layton. They're going to have, there, there's just, there's, if you don't see a motorcycle this week, then it's quite possible that you have built yourself a bunker. And, and you're not, not even going out. outside. Because I, I just got, I got texts from people saying the highways are filled with, with bike riders or big trucks filled with motorcycles. I love it. My message is for all, and, and thanks for being here as always, Annie. Uh, be safe out there. Look for, for uh, motorcycle uh, riders. Can you say that again? Be safe. Look um, for motorcycle yes, riders. Just pay attention. They're, they're going to take over the streets in a good way. And they're going to have a lot of fun. And we all love Harley and everything they stand for. Great organization. House of Harley. We will, we will have Mark on probably on tomorrow's show to talk about all the great events at House of Harley and other venues across this great city. Annie Schwartz, always a pleasure. We'll do it again next Wednesday. You've been listening. The first hour, two more to go. WTMJ Now with Stephen Sandy.